Hey, welcome to our Christian viewing experience. I'm Noah Wilder. That's Elias Chavez. Hey. Happy to have you. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a long day. Yeah. Watched a movie. Mm-hmm. You, you played with magic things. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? <laughs> Don't play with magic. Uh, isn't that like a, like a saying, like, don't play with magic? Don't play with magic, you might get burned? Yeah, people say that. <laughs> don't play with <laughs> <laughs> really fire magic, you might get burned. <laughs> you might get stuck with eternal flame. Uh, <laughs> don't play with red magic. <laughs> anyway, so, how's your week been? <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to think that that was that funny. Um, what? <laughs> just me be like, yeah, don't play with magic. You might get burned. And you, you like threw your head back and started <laughs> wheezing. Um, but yeah, week. It's um, it's been pretty solid. Um, you you've gotten too far into magic to return at this point. I, dude, I'm not magic that deep. That I'm not. <laughs> Stop. Like, like I know you're not actually, but like. When you spend literally, like, an hour and a half just, like, scrolling through cards on your phone and, like, looking through your deck and stuff. Here's the thing. Like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. I know you're not actually that deep. I know, like, if you want to just, like, get good enough to, like, have a fun time. And that's the thing. That's where (laughs) I have to do that. And that's fine. But, like, it's, like, I can't imagine myself doing that. (laughs) Like... I, I, my main, like, group of friends, because, like, obviously when I come here, I come here to see you, my friend Noah, and my other friend, Sarah Beth. Who is, who is married to me. Yes. But that's not, like, a friend group. It's yeah. just two people. My pri- excuse me, my primary friend group is in a magic stage right now, where they've all, like, just, they, they, they busted out their cards, and they're, like, deck building I and feel stuff. Like they've always played magic, and they just, now they're like, you know what? We're going to do it a lot more often. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> they've all they've all pretty much always had magic cards, except for me and Michael. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, we I happened to be with everyone except for Michael one time. We went to, like, a card shop, and I, they were like, hey, do you want to come with us? And I was like, well, we're already getting dinner together. We might as well just make it one trip, you know? Yeah. And so I ended up at a card shop, and I bought a deck for Michael um and because he lives with them <laughs> and so i was like oh this will this there we go and then they were all like hey why don't you play with this deck and do this and blah 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 and so now i have bought myself a deck specifically so that i can actually like play with them mm-hmm. because otherwise i'm just there watching them as they play a card game and i can think of very few things that are less engaging than that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yeah Magic. Magic. Anyway, so th- that's where I'm at yeah, right I have, now. I have more than a few friends that are into magic from, like, different stages of my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, I'm never in the mood to learn. <laughs> when, like, yeah. I know you guys are going to play it and there's going to be some other people. I'll just chill with them. I'm never in the mood yeah. to, like, actually figure out what's going on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because, like, this perfectly leads into something I want to talk to you about. Oh, okay. Like okay. I have this turn-based battle game on my phone. Okay. With Disney characters. The not Disney Infinity. That was the Skylanders Disney game. I, I, no, it's like Disney Battle Arena or something like battle that. Battle Arena. Uh, and it's okay. it's it's fun for what it is. Yeah. It's kind of nonsensical at the same time where it's like, okay, here's a meter. I don't know what this blue meter means. I don't know what this yellow meter means. I don't know what these symbols mean. All I know is that when I tell Sully to roar, you guys all attack him. 
you know <laughs> and so I'm, I'm having fun with it i'm really enjoying it sure but i i, I it has put me in the mood mm-hmm. to to actually like know what's going on in it yeah and there's not like a community out there like <laughs> like it's not like i'm gonna go to the disney wiki and go to battle arena or whatever you know and figure out stuff there's like a r slash disney arena or I something mean, there probably is there i don't probably know. is um i wouldn't be surprised but like i'm like in the top 2000 players in the world because like <laughs> they have a ranking system. Yeah. And so, like, if I got this a month ago and I'm in the top 2,000, mm-hmm. I don't think that many people play this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Meanwhile, I've been playing Magic for about a month, and I guarantee you I am nowhere close <laughs> to the top 3 million. <laughs> right, right, dude. There's, um, there's no way. But point is... Uh, it's put me in the mood to like play a turn-based battle game mm-hmm. or arena-style game or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, that I can actually understand the stats and know what's going on and actually like legitimately strategize. Yeah, because um, the only strategy I have right now is there's like taunt moves where it makes everyone on mm-hmm. the other side attack that person next yeah. before they can attack anyone else. I I use that a lot. And, and they're very I, good skills. And I always kind of attack too. the person who can heal mm-hmm. on the other side. Oh, okay. So you're toxic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I got to get rid of that person. Yes. And then if I can taunt before they ever attacked my healing person, I'm golden. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, that's how but you I'm in, That's as far as I can go with this game because the rest is like, oh, look at that meter bar. It means something. You don't know. These numbers are arbitrary. Good for you. Like, good for you. <laughs> And then it's <laughs> the ghost of Walt Disney is just like, you got played. Ha <laughs> <laughs> And then it's like, you can equip gear. And I have no idea what that means. And I equip gear because it tells me to. And I get a little pro I get like in-game money for equipping gear sometimes. So I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And it unlocks new abilities. And that's cool. And th- but like none of it actually has a meaning or purpose. It's just numbers there's stats and you, with not, no context yeah it's like yeah. i can't do math with this it's not like okay i know that per- this will do at least 25 percent damage or mm. something it's like i'm gonna do this and it's gonna say 123 damage and that will kill that character sometimes but other times it won't do anything <laughs> that was my original issue as a kid playing pokemon yeah um where like you'd get a move and it would be like this move does 30 and you're like 30 of what unit and they're like ah yes 30 (laughs) okay and the only information you ever got about your opponent was their level and you know they have like a green bar and you can see the numbers on your green bar for Mm -hmm. health but But it's still the same size green bar it's the same size so your green bar could be 500 it could be 50 you don't know yep 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 (laughs) And I remember, uh, for anyone out there who's, like, into Pokemon, first time I ever battled a, uh, a Chansey, um, which in Pokemon is just, like, famous for being the one guy with a lot of, lot, a lot of health. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you can hit him with just, like, super effective move after super effective move. And I was just throwing all this stuff at him and just, just nothing, just nothing, nothing, nothing. And I was like, oh, oh, Okay. Well, I'm glad that I know that you're like three levels lower than I am and I can't do any damage. That's fair. <laughs> Is yeah. this what you want, mom? <laughs> God, you bought me this game. <laughs> right. Anyway. So in newer Pokemon games, can mm. you actually see what those numbers mean? No. 
No. <laughs> well, in in in, or did in they newer even Pokemon, just have the number there at least. You still can't see any information about your opponent, but it is a lot better about giving you context for what your numbers mean, what your stats mean, and, and also you, how they your translate. Player, if your Pokemon has two fifty yeah. health, mm-hmm. is that a high number or a low number? <laughs> like two fifty is pretty solid. Yeah, two fifty is pretty solid. I yeah. just made that up. I don't know if yeah. anything, but like you could, you know, whether that's a high or low yeah. number because you, you have you have context, you have a frame you of know, reference, <laughs> and you know if okay, if that person's a level this, they, it's very unlikely that they have health above this or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's just you have to play to end up knowing that. Yeah, right. Yeah, kind of unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> But okay, and you get so, very used to be do be do be do be do. Okay, <laughs> okay, so maybe mm-hmm. this isn't what I want to do. But I was I thought Pokemon would have like more explanation of what these numbers mean. Like I said, it it has a lot of context, but but only if you play. I yes. want to start out knowing what stuff means. Yeah, and it'll. So give I was you... going to ask you, mm-hmm. like, okay, if I want to start playing a Pokemon game on Switch, yeah, what one would you recommend? Because I know you can't just play. The original red, yellow, and blue one. Yeah. Because that would probably be the best to learn off of. Or maybe... No. Or maybe, like, (laughs) a few games after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, But... And I asked a friend, and they said, uh, Pokemon, Let's Go Pikachu, and Let's Go Eevee Mm -hmm. are almost remakes of those. Yeah. But with a lot of improvements Mm -hmm. and and more characters and things. Yeah. Would that be a good place to go? Or is there some different game that's not Pokemon where I actually get to know the numbers and what they mean? (laughs) And I actually get to strategize. You should play Fire Emblem. Uh, I already play as Marth on Smash. Smash. I'm I already know Marth. There. I know Ike. I yeah. know Lucina. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't remember the other ones, but I know their little em- the Fire yeah. Emblem thing Roy shows and up. And, yeah, there and you go. Robin. And, yes, I like Robin. Robin's Robin cool. is dope. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're not going to get into this hole again on the podcast. <laughs> Point is, you should play Fire Emblem because there you can see all of your opponent's stats most of the time. You can see like how fast are they, how much defense do they have, how much health do they have. Um, you can see like damage modifiers. You can see like uh, there's even a fun little like rock paper scissors mechanic based off of does your character have a like and they do color coded. So like green is axe, blue is spear, red is sword, red beats. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. If I remember this right, I might have my rock, paper, scissors circle yeah. backwards because it's been a little bit. But I'm pretty sure like red beats green, green beats blue, blue beats red. Um, and so as a general rule... You want to have two colors on your team. Yes. And, and so, like yeah. So anyway, point is, um, you just, you just, you get to make your own team. You go into different battles. Um, something I, I, you can play like a hardcore mode where if you're, one of your characters dies, uh, they're actually dead. They do not come they back. They do not come back. Or you can play casually and they, and they're just like, oh, thank you for healing me after the last fight, I guess. Um, <laughs> depending on how you feel that day. Um, but yeah, no, you should, you should start with Fire Emblem then. If you want to have like all that context, it's a little bit like, front heavy explaining okay. everything but yeah after that it's just really 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 okay fun. okay and so if i was gonna go to a pokemon game mm-hmm. what one would you suggest um i would say honestly sword and shield on the on the switch that's that's a decent starting point just mm-hmm. because it's the most recent um if you're ever losing they have ways to just be like instead of losing know you and so like <laughs> <laughs> you know you is a fully grown very mentally adept like adult you have everything okay. in your power to just like kind is, of breeze through it and is like, there yeah. 
I, I don't know a lot about Pokemon. Yeah, I know sure, certain sure. types of Pokemon are weak to other types mm-hmm. of Pokemon and stuff like that. Is it balanced, though, where it's like that rock, paper, scissors thing where everything beats something, everything is good against something else. Yes, And everything yes. is weak to something I else. will say that once you start getting into, like, the very, very high level of Pokemon, you get into the, like, well, this type is good because of this. Or, like, this type isn't, for example, you don't want to run electric types yeah. in a double battle because everybody uses Earthquake. You know, they're in electric types are weak to ground. And so... As if that makes sense. As if that makes any sense. Um, but just there's little things like that. But there is, it is a very good rock, paper, scissors system. And okay. they will change yeah. certain things at certain points. Um, they'll introduce new types if they feel like one type is getting too good. They thought dragons were too good for one thing. And so they introduced fairies. And they were like, this new type, and it's super effective against these guys. And okay. these things that So everybody put a fairy on their team just in case the other one was like heavily dragon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. and so they, they introduce new things. They make uh, steel types were weak to, or were strong against a couple of random types for a long time. You're, you've completely lost me and they <laughs> like point i understand what you're saying point is i have they, no context <laughs> point is it's very i would say that it's not the best balanced game but that's just because kind of like yeah. smash brothers where it's like they've got a lot of things to juggle <laughs> yeah but it's balanced as long as you figure it out yourself as long as you're just playing casually yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, you talk us talking about rock paper scissors mm-hmm. reminded me of like that is like the most basic way to perfectly balance a game. Mm-hmm. Everything loses to one thing. Every win, everything wins against one thing. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these games are actually just the same system, maybe with three or four or mm-hmm. five uh, different things. Yeah. And then they just keep expanding yeah. outside of that. And yeah. this can add this to that and that and that. Yeah. Where you'll always lose against this thing, but maybe if you have this thing, you won't lose as bad and, yeah. and stuff like that. But <laughs> the, the basic design of balancing any game board game anything like that it's yeah. just rock paper scissors made more advanced made more advanced there and you so go. if you don't have that in mind you're not making a balanced game no. and if you do it's completely out of luck <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah it it's funny that they're i don't want to say universal necessarily but those like inherent truths to certain things where you're just like yes you know <laughs> when it comes down to it like if if you want to make something that is balanced you have to use this as a reference sheet if you want you can even have two and they're, sure. they're both weak to each other and they both have certain strengths again mm-hmm. against each other so long as one isn't wiping out the other you, one's winning against yeah. other things and one's losing against other things yeah. and that's balanced you know yeah. it's just so simple that we even understand it as children like there's no best rock paper scissors there's no <laughs> like oh man i always go scissors i mean scissors you know i mean there's no logical explanation for anyone to ever like choose to always go rock or something Mm -hmm. we do arbitrarily i know people do that other people are like i always go in this pattern and usually that works because other people had no pattern and stuff like that yeah but it's perfectly balanced yeah yeah everyone goes in with an equal amount of knowledge about the game mm-hmm. yeah yeah you ever gonna watch uh no so godzilla anyway what are you versus, talking about Uh-oh. you ever gonna watch godzilla versus king kong uh with your wife someday that's the plan okay do you mind if i spoil everything oh are you talking about today no oh okay just gonna for real I, for real i don't mind okay i, I, I don't so much. godzilla pretty much destroys king kong 
kind of figure that would yeah. be how it starts and then and then they there's a moment in the movie where it's like oh i guess round two goes to king kong and i'm like he didn't win i don't know what you're talking about like he just got destroyed so there you go <laughs> he just got okay, so wrecked <laughs> like if there's a if there's a round one two and three against them mm-hmm. king kong ran, sorry wins round two and that's it okay he gets demolished in round one and three. But how it goes is... But King Kong is monkey. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but how it goes is, if it's just King Kong versus Godzilla, Godzilla won. Everyone can be happy. Yeah. And then Mecha Godzilla shows up, right? Okay. They both have to fight it. Godzilla loses to Mecha Godzilla. Uh? King Kong beats Mecha Godzilla. Uh! So that's that rock, paper, scissors thing where it's like, okay... N- new thing, lizard monkey robot. You know, <laughs> your version. Like, lizard beats monkey, robot beats lizard. This is your monkey rock ro- paper Spock <laughs> of the of yeah. the modern age. But that's why I thought of that. But it's like cheating in a way where it's like they're the creators and directors and writers and mm-hmm. like, don't they will be a definitive definitive winner. Yeah. And there is a definitive winner when it's just them two. Yeah. But you can logic your way into seeing saying King Kong won, because he bet, beat the thing that beat Godzilla. Yeah. So, therefore, he's highest. So, like, they... But if Godzilla and King Kong were they to had go a up against out. each other... Yeah. Again, King Kong, or Godzilla would just win. Yeah, it, they had a cop-out, where it's like, there is a definitive winner, but also we're doing a thing where they both kind of won. <laughs> it's a tie. It's, it's a, a tie. tie. It's a tie with a definitive uh, winner. Isn't that great? It's a, it's a tie with a definitive loser. <laughs> <laughs> I love those. <laughs> That's that's me every time. No. Who's the best co-host? It's a tie oh, with no. a definitive loser. It's Noah. <laughs> Noah's the best. Oh, okay. Oh. I thought you were saying I was the. Oh, 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 oh that's what I thought. I, I thought you were tapping me on the shoulder. Now I realize you were hitting me. I was mad because you're like, yeah, you're the definitive loser. Oh no no no! I, I was trying. I was trying to say that all sad, like, oh. Noah's a better one. <laughs> I'm the loser. Yeah, it's because you're, you're... I don't know if they're going to hear that little voice you're oh. just doing. Oh, oh, oh. Because you're talking so deep and low, you know? <laughs> Noah Wilder is the greatest ho-hoaxed of all the time. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to talk about Brave. Uh, <laughs> we're doing the feature presentation now. Oh. Okay. That good with you? I mean, I can... The definitive loser? Is that okay with you, definitive loser? Hey. <laughs> if Sarah Beth was here, I'd beat Sarah Beth in a co-hosting competition. <laughs> and, then, and I would lose to Sarah Beth. <laughs> and, thus, and thus, Hedwig is the winner. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a Lego Hedwig on the, on the desk that we record yeah. on. I, I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it before, but just, to, just in case you're a new listener. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm going to talk about brave and mending a broken relationship between a parent and a child. Wow, you're really stretching that theme there. Yeah. I, I could never. So, where'd you pull so, that? <laughs> so hard to see. You know, you never do see. I love your random capitalizations. <laughs> Looking not at mine. your notes now. It's not my capitalizations. I copied the script. Oh, oh, that makes more sense now because I was wondering why your punctuations are all in a different font. <laughs> yeah, I'm very confused about that too. Okay. Uh, and then every punctuation is a question mark explanation point. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> Which one be, is it? They must be very confused, excited. <laughs> you know, there's a, a mark that combines those. 
Really? It's called an interrobang. And it just looks like a question mark with a line going down to make the exclamation point part. Hmm. I like that design in my head. Yep. Anyway. So, going to talk about Braid. <laughs> okay. Um, I just have a bunch of notes here. I didn't actually write out anything. <laughs> so, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, Merida, in the movie, mm-hmm. she has a mom. She's a princess. <laughs> Her mom's the queen. She okay. Uh, Imagine has... a Disney princess with a mom, dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, um, she has a mom. Her mom has a lot of expectations for her. Right? Okay. She doesn't want to be anything like her mother. Gasp. She just wants to ride through the gl- glen, firing arrows into the sunset, as her father puts it. <laughs> Very elegantly, yeah. out of character. Level of elegance for that man. <laughs> yep. And, uh, moving on. His name's Fergus. Yes. Fer- <laughs> yes. His name is Fergus, which I love. Um, so he is obsessed with his daughter wanting this freedom and his and they're wife. They're the ones that really connect. They, well. they really connect because uh-huh. he, he understands that she just wants to be free and she wants to be headstrong and do her own thing because... I'm seeing as how we just watched this movie. This is all very fresh in my mind because her mom points out like, Hey, you know, she gets all of this stubbornness from your side of the family. Yeah. And so they, they really get that. Whereas her mom is like, you have this duty, you have this responsibility. You have to uphold that. Yeah. Okay. And so she, and her mom is going to be this kind of God stand in for us. Oh, she is. Okay. By no means a perfect stand in. Sure. She definitely sees her child as the enemy when they're fighting and things. And she she definitely needs to grow and change. And she does throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to focus on this, like, this rebellious child who does not want to understand the parent, which is very reflective of us okay. and our relationship with God. You okay. Know? And so she, in you know, a part of the movie, they get in a fight and she says, you, you, you are never there for me. Mm-hmm. This whole marriage is what you want. Uh, do you ever bother to ask what I want? No. You walk around telling me what to do, what not to do, trying to make me be like you. Well, I'm not going to be like you. I'll never be like you. Right? And so her whole character in this moment is just, my mom ruins everything. She has a bunch of rules. I don't care about her rules because she doesn't care about me. It's not that like I disagree with the rules which I do, but the reason I don't care to follow them is because they're not made for my best interest. They're just there, you know? Yeah. And that's how we often feel with God, especially before we become believers. It's just like, why can't I do what I want? There's no reason. You have no reason to tell me I can't do what I want because I want it. That it, That's a good enough reason to do it, you know? Mm. That's how we operate in our day-to-day lives. Even as Christians, we that's our, like, go-to is I wake up when I want to unless I have something. Uh, I eat this because I want it, not because it's good for me. I want to taste this in my mouth, so I'm tasting this in my mouth. (laughs) Every decision, most decisions Mm -hmm. we make are just, well, what do I want? You know, me and Sarah Beth get in arguments about, what do you want to eat? All the time. Every single meal that I'm here. doesn't tell me anything. But the point is, it's it's never, okay, you need to eat this, you're going to eat that. It's me caring about what she wants, because the assumption is, we're going to eat what she wants or what we're going to eat what we want, not 
take care of ourselves and nourish ourselves, but <laughs> eat what we want because what we want is what is the thing that matters. Yeah. That's what we, how we operate as humans. Mm-hmm. It's all about, well, I want this. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, you good? You going to sneeze? I feel a sneeze <laughs> I don't know if it's going to come though. That's okay. The and then Merida also, she never takes responsibility for her actions. Right. And so at, at a certain point in the movie, she goes and gets, uh, a, I don't know what kind of cake it is. Just some type of cake from a witch. <laughs> <laughs> that's her, that she paid for a spell. And so that's her spell is this cake from a witch that is supposed to change her fate by changing her mother. And it does change her mother. It changes her into a bear. Mm-hmm. And when she's explaining this, she never takes responsibility for it. She always a, blames the witch. Yes. Yeah, she's always blaming the witch. Um, when she's explaining it to her mother, she says the most Scottish thing ever. She says, that scatty witch gave me a gammy spell. <laughs> I love the voice there, yeah. buddy. Anyway, not the best, but it's there. It's there. <laughs> um, and then when she's like explaining it to her brothers, she says, mom turned into the bear. It's not my fault. She like, she has to make a point. It's not as if people think it's her fault. And she has to correct them. She has to make sure before they even think it that they don't think it's her fault. You know, when she's explaining it to her brothers, I'm like, okay, that's mom. She's been turned into a bear. Not my fault. Anyway, you know, like, but like the way she enunciates it. I'll just put the clip. A witch turned mom into a bear. It's not my fault. We've got to get out of the castle. I need your help. Okay. Anyway, moving yeah. on. Um, um, Merida doesn't think her mom is ever there for her okay. every doing what's best for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what she says in their fight. And then when Eleanor, the queen, gets changed, they she finally has time to be with her mother without her mother telling her what to do. Yeah. And I mean, there's, like, she tries to eat her, but... <laughs> that's not her telling her what to do. But anyway, she step, turns into a bear. Step back or nom-noms. <laughs> um... <laughs> Never say that again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, so she gets turned to a bear. And that night, when they escape the castle, like, she finally has some peace with her mother, even though it's, mm. she's very concerned. And she's in the rain, and they're falling asleep, and she has a dream. And she finally remembers her mom being there for her, because they're together in the rain, and her mom isn't being judgy, <laughs> because she's a bear. Um, but they're... She, she, as a little girl, got scared during a thunderstorm, and she went to her mother, and her mother says, I'll always be there for you. You'll, you never have to be afraid. And so, Merida has this tendency, like we do, to assume that God never been there. He ain't done a thing for me my whole life. You kind of, kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? Figuring out what I'm putting down. <laughs> he hasn't done a thing. Until we become Christians, and we think back on our life, or when we're in the process of being saved we are shown that throughout our lives even when we couldn't see it he was still there made a way <laughs> are you familiar with that song he made a way yeah yeah anyway. don't know how but he did it that one it's a good song yeah anyway <laughs> moving on <laughs> anyway uh yeah so he always made makes a way he was always there even when we refused to see him and so um we have to take time to remember that God is there and does understand and look back and see where he did that rather than just continuing under our assumption, 
even like I was talking about with our once controlling what we do in our daily lives as Christians, it's very easy to assume God isn't here. I'm just, you know, I'm just chilling on the couch playing video games. What do you mean God's here? You know? <laughs> no, he's there. Watch me to, play Animal Crossing. Yeah, you have to take time and remember that and think about that. And that can maybe change your actions or maybe you can just have peace there. But you have to have to have time and specifically try to remember that he's there to see that he is there. And so that's what she goes through. And um, the mom, she had to... Okay, here's the metaphor with the God stand and stuff. Is she had to descend into this form that's lesser than herself. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's beneath her to be able to connect with her child, right? Right. And it's not... It's not a perfect one-to-one, but yeah. I definitely see yeah. where you're... I would say the, the greatest failing of that is the fact that she... Because the whole point is that Christ would never sin. Mm-hmm. He was never even, like, successfully... T- he never even considered the option of sinning, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas, obviously, uh, Eleanor has many instances where she goes full-on bear mode. So... <laughs> yeah. Moving on from that, though... Um... Merida at the beginning of the movie says, I'll never be like you. I don't want to be like you. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Eventually, she goes and fixes what she broke uh, with the four clans where she shot in the archery tournament for her own hand. Uh, <laughs> you know? And she talks to the four clans and she gets some help from her mom, but she's the one who talks. And her dad comes up to her and says, just like your, just like your mother. Right? Right. And through this process, she has become more like her mom in the good ways. Yes. Where she keeps a level head and knows what to say. It can find peace in the chaos, mm-hmm. right? And so she, and throughout this journey, is becoming more like her mother and accepting that that is not a bad thing, right? Yeah. She can still be herself and be more like her mom, and that can make her better, right? Mm. Um but how the spell works well, is what I wanted to look at also, where uh, the witch says this like kind of riddle thing for her sure. and says, fate be changed, look inside, mend the bond torn by pride, right? And yeah. so that's how that they get her mom to change back from being a bear, right? Um, and Merida, in their fight, had torn a tapestry, and she thinks, okay, mend that bond that was torn by my pride. I get it. I just gotta mend the tapestry. Yep. A very literal interpretation of a very figurative... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and, um, Merida thinks, if I just fix the tapestry, that should fix everything because she is, is still not willing to mend their broken relationship. She's like, okay, I'll just fix the what I think it is. Instead of actually understanding and actually doing something difficult for me, I'll just I'll just go get some needle and thread and tie it together, right? Yeah. Um, and she and she's still not letting go of her pride. She's still not admitting that this is her fault, even you know. And and this is where God comes in again, where God has had to descend into a lower form than himself, something beneath him, and him. Then he also had to lose his life in that form, right? Right. Uh, in order for things to change. And so I think 
what really hits at home is that she mends the tapestry and throws it over her mom as a bear, right? <laughs> and her mom doesn't change. And in fact, you see her like pupils widen and take over her whole height. And I think that like it's just so simple, and it really and you immediately understand. Oh, she's a bear now. She's full bear. Like I don't, I don't need any other like explanation of like what's going on. Right. She, and that's what I'm saying with like God had to lose his life in the slower form as yeah. Jesus on the cross. Uh, like she lost her life. She was gone. That was no longer her. She lost everything. And that's when Merida repents and says, I'm sorry. This is all my fault. I love you. And it's only after the mom has lost her life that she finally repents. That like she realizes, oh, the stakes are that drastic. I have to, I have to apologize for real and not act like it's someone else's fault, right? And so that's actually what mends their relationship, mends the bond that was torn by pride, is their relationship, right? Right. And as we were watching it, you're like, man, I always feel bad for the the Mordu, the bad bear. He had this rock that was torn off. <laughs> Like, how is he going to mend that? And I was like, yeah, but that's not really what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that that's not how you actually, because, I mean, the whole point of the climax is she she sews the thing back together and nothing happens. But (laughs) But when she says, I'm sorry, this is my fault and I love you. Yeah. Things get fixed. Yeah. <laughs> Still, that image of Mordu in bear form, just, just like, like trying to bench push it the- together as far. <laughs> it's not gonna go back together. What does she want me to do? Like, <laughs> I'm turning into bear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, in our Christian lives, we often have this tendency to think we can just say the words "I repent," uh, do the two or three Hail Marys if you're Catholic, like just. <laughs> Just say the prayer, get it over with, you're good. And never actually have a heart change and never actually feel guilt. Mm. But I said the words and that's all I need to do, right? We we often have that tendency, I know I do, where, like, but I have that tendency kind of not very often. But I know it exists. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Just like, okay, I'm going to apologize to this person. I'm going to apologize to God and now we're good. Moving on. Like, just get it over with, you know? Don't actually mean it. But, like, that's how we can apply it in our Christian lives. Uh, but in, like, a grander scheme of things, where God saves us. And, whew, sorry. <laughs> we have this t- broken relationship as humans mm. with God because of our pride. Right? And it's so easy for so many people in America and around the world especially in American culture, just to say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Think you're good enough. You know? Yeah. I did the thing. I went to church. Uh, <laughs> I made it on Easter and Christmas. I'm I saved. made it on Easter and Christmas, or I made it every Sunday. Yeah. I said God existed. Nothing changed in my life, but I did the things I was supposed to do. Yeah. So I'm good. But we never fully admit where we're wrong, and we never, uh, like Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Like, they, sure, they kind of declare with their mouths, Jesus is Lord, yeah. that, that, but they more say Jesus existed. Yeah. <laughs> they Well, they declare, but the problem is the heart stance, I would it's, say. Yeah. Or it's the, the second part of that. Or they, they say God raised him from the dead and don't really believe it mm-hmm. or don't have the heart stance that he's Lord. And so, like, yeah, both things are necessary and 
so many, this cultural Christianity that we have in the U.S. and around the world just says, if you call yourself a Christian, go to church once or twice a year, you're good. You're good. Sold. Got got your ticket to heaven. Doesn't matter what you do. Sold. You don't need to repent for anything. You don't need to change anything in your life. No heart stance. Yeah. Live your life how you will, so long as it doesn't bother anyone else. So long as you say God exists, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what it is for a lot of people. It's, well, I think he might exist, and if God is good enough, is the good God he says he is, then he'll let me in. Which, like, okay, whatever. But <laughs> kind of a dumb stance, but yes. Yeah. Moving on. Um, that's where... Merida comes in. She's like, "Yeah, I just gotta, I gotta sew this thing back together. I don't actually have to fix my relationship with my mother. I don't actually have to admit where I was wrong. I don't have to show love and kindness, and I'm, and there doesn't have to be any sacrifice. Yeah, to fix this, and there does, and mm-hmm. we just don't want to accept that, right? Yeah, that's." what I'm applying it to in the more broader stance, but in our Christian life, we can often do that with our repentance where it's just like, I said the words were good. So, you know, (laughs) yeah. Um, moving on. You're good. No, no, no. I just, I was going to say like, so in the beginning you're saying like mending a broken relationship between a child and a parent. And it's funny because you took that from like the, the metaphorical or from the literal place of the movie where it's a very broken relationship between a child and a parent and, you know, I was wondering if you were going to go, like, where, where are you going to compare it to, like, a, like a Samson and his parents kind of relationship? Like, you know, they have a strained relationship where, like, oh, my gosh, we love you and you're doing all these cool things for the Israelites. But also, you should probably stop hanging out with that Delilah girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, or if you were, but you went, you went with the holier route. And so, like, I, I, I enjoy good the, for you. <laughs> I enjoy the, I enjoy the, metaphor, the metaphorical take on that mm-hmm. um, just because... You know, like you're saying about cultural Christians is a lot of like what I said last week with uh, with the, a few good men and just like people being like, yeah, no, I'm good. You know, I did the things. I checked the boxes. Yeah, and- I'm wrapped up in this identity and I won't let go of it. So that means that's my identity. But God never gave you that identity. You, you just said, this is my identity. I go to church. I do this and this and this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not who God says you are. You're who you just claim to be because well, you went I, to church. These I was going to say, other, other way around. You're yeah. not who you claim to be. <laughs> yeah, God has not yet called you his child. Yes. But yeah. you claim to be anyway because yeah. you filled in the check boxes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's one thing I wanted to mention, mm-hmm. just completely separate. So if you have any other thoughts, continue. Yeah. Continue this idea with like a Fantastic Four parable or something. <laughs> like completely out yeah. of left field. Not completely. It, like not about the feature presentation. I just wanted to bring up something. Okay. Okay. What's up? Okay. You're good. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah no, no, no. I don't have okay, anything so else to say. So what is the better bear transformation movie? Brother, Brother bear, bear this or Brave? Uh, I would say this is a better, I, I would say Brother Bear is a better movie. I would say this is better about showing the family dynamic mm. um, between like biological family. Whereas I think Brother Bear has a stronger message of, you can make your family wherever you want it to be. Yeah. I think they have different messages. I would prefer Brother Bear over over Brave. It's kind of they're kind of equal for me in yeah. objective. I've not seen Brother Bear in a long time. Granted, I, I have but. talked about Brother Bear on the podcast. Yes, <laughs> and I do. I do think this has more like this. At least the feature presentations I did, mm-hmm. where like I feel like this has. Should I just find bear movies to send to you? <laughs> Um, no one's got a thing for bear movies. I don't. I don't know what to do about this. <laughs> anyway, so I think this has like you can use this better. But what's what I was talking about in Brother Bear, which is like 
being a man according to biblical standards includes truly loving the people around you. Yeah. And our society just forgets about that. And that's what Brother Bear talks about. Is like he can't become a man because he won't accept like he's supposed to be the bear of love and he's like love and stuff like that (laughs) which is like exactly what our culture does with like manlyhood just like oh no you can't show your emotions you can't love other people yeah just gotta be anger and and joke around be anger moving on i don't really want to go into my other one (laughs) too much longer you're gonna talk about what ghostbusters who are you gonna call ghostbusters you're gonna call the ghostbusters so Anyway, as my actual presentation, though, um, basically, to break it down, there's these people, and most people don't accept that ghosts exist, but they think ghosts exist, and so they bust ghosts, and the ghosts, they show up, and they do weird things, and, and sometimes they're weird green guys who eat a lot, and other times, um, they they kiss you in the movie. Other times, they, they do other things. They're kind of weird. So the Ghostbusters, they exist. They're real. They're out there busting ghosts. Do you have this pictured? Yes. Next up, it's 1984. Oh, cannot, cannot imagine. I was born a little later than that. Picture, it's New York, and it's exactly the same, but the buildings uh, are a little bit smaller. Okay. There and, you go. and the streets look like a set, but they're not. Shockingly. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. There are a couple of weird cameos in that movie. Anyway, continue. Yes. Um, yeah. So, point is, um, the basic idea I want to get across here is uh, things exist whether you believe in them or not. Um, <laughs> and I, I want to say that I think in the movie takes place in, I guess what you could say is like a very realistic New York um, assuming like ghosts exist and obviously, uh, okay, how about this? The movie starts in a very realistic place. Um, people are just going about New York, minding their own business. A lot of eighties and nineties movies did this, <laughs> but like people are just going about minding their own business. And then like something crazy happens. Um, the thing that's crazy here is there's these people who believe in ghosts so much that they have devoted their entire, like, scientific careers to inventing gear to battle them. And instead of getting published (laughs) and proving ghosts exist and such, they work out of a firehouse and go and exercise stuff for lack of a better term. Um, Anyway. So yeah, so they they do all of this stuff. And um, for the most part, people just look at them like crazy people because no one else acknowledges that ghosts exist. Well, Let's fast forward a little bit um, and suddenly like ghosts do start to exist to to exist um, and everyone just kind of has to come to terms with that. Um, and once that happens, um, there is like a a, a, a physical being, a, a demigod of sorts that actually shows up. And I thought I had his name written down. Um, whoops. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Okay. Um, but there, there's this guy who descends and he is supposed to be like this ancient deity who like nobody believes in anymore. Uh, like people lost faith in him 8,000 years ago. Please look it up for me, Noah. Um, <laughs> and um, as, as this happens, um, he's like I said, he's taking out his rage. He's releasing all these ghosts onto the, onto all of New York 
and people just have to come to terms with the fact that everything is hap like I believe everything happens for a reason. Um, Stance, one of the Ghostbusters, he's like trying to figure out why this god is here because no, even though he has come to the point where he accepts ghosts exists exist he doesn't want to accept that gods exist as well and so he's like for what purpose is all of this and um it's just like like no one wants to fully wrap their head around that until eventually they defeat said ancient god deity um and they kind of move on with their lives and everyone just accepts the truth that there indeed are ghosts now and suddenly Obviously, business is booming for them. Um, and more importantly, people come to terms with the idea of the afterlife. Um, His name is Zool. Zool. I couldn't, I remembered it was something so there, out there. There is no Dana, only Zool. Only Zool. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I needed, You're welcome. I needed a name for the guy. I blinked so hard because I thought I wrote it down because I was like, this is ridiculous enough. I'll remember this. No. No. Um, the sequel, its name is Goza. Goza. <laughs> is the new god. Well, because Zul is supposed to be like a like a follower of Goza. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> there's, like a, there's like a weird lore there. Anyway, point is, um, yeah, so so point is, the Ghostbusters, they, they long ago came to terms with the existence of ghosts. And at this point, they're trying to make sure that other people also are at that point. And lo and behold... Uh, no one really gets it yet <laughs> until suddenly, uh, for lack of a better term, I guess I could just say all hell breaks loose. And then, of course, everyone has to confront it. And once they're confronting the idea that like, oh, now that my previous beliefs were challenged, now I have to come to terms with the fact that, yes, ghosts exist. Yes, this is a part of our life now. And um, I really love to parallel a kind of similar movie, um, which I... I I considered doing this movie, but I was like, ah, it's literally the same message that I pull out of it. But if you're familiar with Shaun of the Dead, um, at the end of that movie, there's this great uh, clip that they did. Like, it's it's the main they're, character. They're Shaun. scrolling through the TV. Scrolling through the TV. And there's game shows with zombies now. Mm -hmm. and, and just people that casually bring it up yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Shaun, he goes out to the his shed in the back and he's like still playing video games with his best friend who is now a zombie. You know, there's like a, a lady who's like, like dating a zombie on one of the shows that you're that the you know he's scrolling through like yeah it's just it's a fact of life now i ended up deciding to stick with this because <laughs> the ghostbusters actually like because they were prepared for this they turn a profit so to speak which is a very selfish way to phrase it but it's the best i could do um yeah. but they they turn a profit off of this because they had already accepted the ghost exists and once it happens like there you go like <laughs> we see we told you um, and like for us as Christians to talk about God, um, <laughs> for us as Christians, like the whole point is that we fully understand that God exists and that the Bible is true and everything that it says. And we have this duty here on earth to like make sure that other people understand that. And every now and then people come to us and they're like, Hey, this thing happened. I don't understand it. Can you help me with it? And we can be, we having, you know, the wisdom and of the knowledge that God does exist, we can point them to that and say like, Hey, like there's this thing that I believe and I need you to understand that I'm coming from that background there. And people can come to terms with that in their own way. And that's, I think our like biggest, uh, 
misunderstanding i think with the like the the normal world is that they for whatever reason like people are okay with like us praying and us doing like you know going to church and us believing these things and you know believing in in angels because they protect us or whatever but you know like when it comes to practicing that and living that and talking about it and like forcing them to confront the fact that hey this is a thing that i believe suddenly people get super weird about it and you know like that's not that's not too cool you know um and and so for us the, the parallel i wanted to make between this movie like the the biggest reason is uh because i was looking for a movie that had like an end times thing um and this movie uh there is a god that descends upon earth and all hell breaks loose <laughs> um and i think that that is a pretty i mean ob- obviously it is not christ coming to earth it is nothing i don't want to make that comparison at all um but i will say that like in in the book of revelation it talks about like hey you know christ will come and when christ comes like everyone's gonna have to confront the fact that like like jesus is lord and like he truly is king over everything regardless everyone every knee shall shall bow bow. yep tongue tongue shall confess jesus is lord yeah and Uh, and then we as the christians we as the people who have like already fully believed that and already like we reap the benefit of that we you're making a face let me explain um like uh, we in this no i understand what you're saying kind of don't get how this ties back to ghostbusters <laughs> i'm saying that like for the ghostbusters they make a big point of like after zool i blanked on it again oh my gosh after zool comes up there like we knew <laughs> yeah and because of that once everyone else has to accept that ghosts do exist like suddenly they're getting calls all over and they're having to do, they're having to do a lot of ghost busting suddenly. Um, whereas before they were like, yeah, things aren't going too hot for us in the business department. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, how does this apply to my life? <laughs> this applies to our lives because us as Christians, um, if, if we were to have a conversation about Ghostbusters with a secular friend, we could be like, well, part of the reason that we like follow through with this is because we do believe that there is like an eternal benefit to us in this, Mm -hmm. you know, for us as being called by God's children, we fully believe that one day there's going to be like a, a calling that's going to happen. And when God is like, Hey, you know, like you were my child this whole time. Now, you know, like now you have a a place with me in heaven as a co-heir. So yeah. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so, um, for the joy set before us, we will mm-hmm. endure. Yes, that, <laughs> yes, that would be that would be the summation there. Uh, okay, I gotcha. Okay, so the Ghostbusters are the are these people who openly believe in ghosts. I'm sorry, I got lost because your notes start talking about Westernism and. Oh, you were uh, reading my notes. Yes, yeah, stop, yeah. stop. Just don't, don't look at them. Don't look at. Stop looking at them. I don't them. understand what was going on. <laughs> I'm uh, deleting it now. <laughs> Point is, so the Ghostbusters are these people that believe in ghosts, uh, yeah. even when no one else does. And you're just deleting all of your notes. <laughs> I'm going to delete this paragraph. This paragraph can go. Well, the first paragraph makes no sense either. <laughs> Is it not? Ghostbusters, 
Fine. Look. Okay. Fine. I'm just deleting. Look. I, look. I I never talked about Ghostbusters. There. It was just your thing, and then I came in here and I winged it. Okay. <laughs> Ghostbusters. They, yes. They're these people in mm-hmm. New York in this world that openly believe in ghosts to the point where they are trying to make a business out of it. Yes. They are uh, so. They are. They are the epitome of the man who saw a treasure in the field and sold everything that they have. They really banked on that horse. And it paid off. And it paid off. Okay, and so we as Christians are these people that, like, other people will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, those, they're those people. Yeah. Where you lost me was like, well, people get weird when you pray in front of them and stuff. Oh, <laughs> so oh. I was like, what is that? Because people. Ghostbusters. Because the Ghostbusters, when they talk about what they do, people are like, no, you don't. No, <laughs> no, that's not, that's not a thing. Ghosts aren't real. But anyway, so there are these, and then as time goes on, more and people start believing, sorry, more and more people start believing and ghosts and start calling them and they start yeah. making some more decent money and then government tries to shut them down and release all the ghosts and then yeah. all that stuff happens which that oh my gosh the, that government dude there's never been a more punchable character in a movie <laughs> ever anyway that's that's really shady <laughs> For me to no, say no, that, it's really shady, man. No, no, he has a quote that I can't say on the podcast, but he, okay. he's talking about like the fact that they're just like in a firehouse, like using all this very experimental stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, that's some shady." Anyway, okay, yeah, gotcha. that. Um, <laughs> but point is, they openly believe this, and mm-hmm. it's not only so that they can they think it's beneficial for us to believe mm-hmm. this because it's true and we can benefit the world. Yeah. But it is to our benefit. Yeah. That we believe this and that we believe this. It would, openly. Be, it would be foolish to not openly proclaim this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I am on track with you. Now. <laughs> um, you were very confused for a long time and I hope that I didn't string along the just, listener base too. Oh my gosh. In your first paragraph, you're like, and the uh, Indian conception of Westernism. And, oh, like, when, when are you going to bring this up? <laughs> well, because I, I thought of it. When I typed it out, I was like, oh, man, you know, I've got something. I've got something going here. And then I was like, wait a minute. Nobody cares about this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so back to what we were talking about with the, like, even like in the second movie, mm-hmm. like we look at the Bible. Yeah. And we see God came to earth. It uh, the Paul says there has been there have been like near five hundred witnesses of Jesus returning and rising to the heavens. Yes, go talk to them. Yeah, and we've grown. We grew in this like great growth in Christianity, and then people are just like, no, I don't believe that. No one, no one can tell me that they saw it with their own eyes, so I don't believe it. And we're in this point where it's like, okay, you guys believe that? It's whatever. You can't prove it, and it's still to our benefit to openly believe that and proclaim it Mm -hmm. and with the ghostbusters in the second movie even though they saw the giant marshmallow man they saw a a literal god sorry i hit the mic a literal god descend from the heavens yeah and everyone was getting attacked in the second one they're like okay we haven't seen a ghost in a while so i think that was a huge hoax (laughs) yeah yeah so they're uh, even though they like they know ghosts are real they'll still turn around and be like but probably not yeah and so we're in that place now and like that second in the second movie it's like okay the public is like they used to be really on board and for some reason they just aren't but it's still worth doing this job mm-hmm. it's still worth proclaiming the truth yeah 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 <laughs> brought in the second movie you're welcome there you go there's a dancing toaster in that one. The, the 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 statue of liberty was there <laughs> good times all around good times all around the- 
but we're going to move on. Thanks for being here. <laughs> now that I understand what Elias is saying, it's a decent, it's a decent idea. <laughs> he just he went off on some tangents, and I got, you're all good, man. <laughs> It's because they stopped for a off-camera bathroom break in the middle. It, <laughs> Your brain just lost everything. My brain just lost everything. It was, it's fine. All right. Anyways. Again, thanks for being here. <laughs> if you have anything you want to say about any ideas you have, if you want to talk about Ghostbusters, you're brave, or any bear transformation movie mm. at all. Exclusively. <laughs> uh, we'd love to hear it. You can contact us at OCVEPod on Facebook or Twitter or at gmail.com or OCVEPod.com. All those things are free and open to you. We'd love to hear you. Go for it. Do it. Go go to internet and give message to us. Woo. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I love the internet. <laughs> Whew. Man. Thanks for being here. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.